Hey there, before you start tonight's episode, we wanted to talk to you about a brand new project that we're starting that we're really excited about. It's called Whose Dice Are These Anyway? It's a podcast where the stories are made up and the rules barely matter. Join us every week as our bumbling crew of adventurers solves some mysteries, fights some monsters, and does terrible celebrity impressions. Starting Thursday, January 26th, and every Thursday thereafter. You can find Who's Dice Are These Anyway on every major podcasting distribution platform. You can also find us on Twitter at Who's Dice. We hope you'll tune in for action, suspense, and uncontrollable laughter. See you then. Hello, and welcome to the Guild that Keeps On Giving, a podcast about a group of friends and their thoughts, ideas, and experiences relating to D&D. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Patrick, and let's go talk to my friends. Welcome to the Guild that Keeps On Giving, the show that regales with tales of glorious triumphs and epic failures among friends. This week, we're continuing our world-building evolution, so let's get everyone introduced and get right to it. Uh, first up, Matt Mullen. Hey, Matt. Hello. Dr. Rick McCain. Hey, Rick. Hey there. And Dr. Chris Rowan. Hey, Chris. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. So we've all been thinking about and working on things for the campaign. I've noticed that Matt has put in several new things that we haven't discussed yet. If uh, if anybody has anything particular you'd like to pick out of that, that's great. Or Matt, if there's something you want to talk about in particular that just got that burn to talk. <laughs> I mean, I can definitely pick something. There is a lot. I'm like going back through everything that I've put in here and I'm like, wow, uh, I forgot about this one. You've been busy, my friend. You've been busy. (laughs) Much busier than I have, but uh, we appreciate you picking up all the slack. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not slack. I I just have an idea and I'm like, oh, got to write that down. And so I... That's awesome. Try to get that uh, into the drive just... Even if we don't use it, then at least it's there, and I didn't forget about it. Uh, and like we were just talking about before the show, even if we don't use that exact thing, um, every time I'm reading one of your many documents on there, uh, it inspires me in some way to, or you know, it sparks some little creative juices that gets me thinking about something else. So that's awesome. It's a good, good part of the brainstorming phase. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think. One of the things I'd like to start with is, because it's the one thing I did that there's only one of, uh, is the, if you go to the flora and fauna uh, category, I created an animal called Neogimi, which are essentially, I mean, there's a picture on this Word document, uh, but essentially they're like bird, snake creatures whatever this fantasy art that i stole this from is clearly uh (laughs) like egyptian themed they're all wearing kind of like pharaoh headdresses and things which that's not really part of my imagining of it but uh i can't draw so i have to i have to borrow things from the internet you and me both Uh, man but basically i I kind of wanted to make a faction that was, my original thought was like, oh, what if we made like a dragon rider kind of faction or like knights that ride dragons instead of horses. And then I thought, well, that's kind of been done. So then I thought, oh, well, maybe we'll, what if we came up with our own flying animal that could uh, kind of serve that purpose? And so that's that's kind of how I got to, to this uh, idea. And 
So I guess that's in conjunction with this faction that I created, which I believe I called the Dawn Wardens. And yeah, they're, they are a group of people who ride around on these things uh, and kind of are bonded with them. And they're like a, not a little, like a big animal companion <laughs> for the, for that faction. And yeah, that's, I was excited about this. This picture just is one of those things uh, that just sparked uh, an idea, which I think as much as this is like what we're doing, it's also our podcast is a little bit of advice to people. If you're out there creating your own campaign, sometimes just going and like looking at fantasy art is the way to get inspired by things. You just see something and it, and it clicks and it sends you down a, a spiral of ideas and or at least that works for me sometimes so that's how i got started with this is like it's better uh if i just see the picture sometimes than if i read anything about it or see it in a movie and know like a background if i just see the picture i get a little more creative inspiration than Mm -hmm. for whatever reason you know your mind starts to run with all these ideas and i thought that was really cool that you created the actual thing that they ride on because the first thing i saw was the dawn riders I didn't even notice because I I hadn't I haven't been going back to the floor and fauna mm-hmm. like I should, and uh, I know you mentioned it to me the other I think it was like last week or something, and uh, I like I like the fact that you created not only the guys that are the mounted warrior types but you created the thing that they ride on. I thought that was cool, and I like that they kind of mesh so well. And it really fits in well with the uh, reptilian mounts that that are living in my region. Because there, while there are some horses that have been brought there, there's no. Most of the mounts are these reptiles. Oh, um, awesome! Yeah, I don't even think I need that. Oh, okay. I, I, <laughs> I don't think I don't think I you thought, mentioned that at all, Rick. <laughs> I think I thought scalies were kind of small. Like though there are um all sorts of different scalies. Gotcha. Um, okay. The Danels are the little ones that people collect as pets or whatever. And then there's um things called Odocs, and those are like medium size. And uh then uh the Varanax are the riding lizard size ones. Nice. Um and these are all um vegetarian creatures. They're not uh they're not predators. They're uh-huh. kind of like they're kind of like iguanas. Nice. So, do they have any sort of attack action? Yes. Yeah, they do, uh, and they can defend themselves. And then there's like uh, huge ones called uh, zadosas or hulking lizards, and they eat entire tree trunk roots and everything in it, and can knock trees over and bash you. And um, but they're affected by uh, elemental surges, and so. They have, um, there's variations within the elements. So there might be a, a fire scaly or a earth scaly, and they have different effects and different defenses and, and attacks. Cool. So, yeah. But having these, these flying ones, that's, uh, what'd you call them? The Neo Yep. Neo Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I just pulled it up. <laughs> I'm reading it. Sorry. Yeah, those look really awesome. So that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. I yeah. Think so. so I think yeah. and let me double check now if I actually did this idea or if I just thought about it. Uh 
Yeah, I actually, in the Don Warden's faction description, they actually don't get the mount itself until third level. Because I wanted this to be something, well, two things. One, I didn't want at first level for you to just have this mount kind of handed to you if you say that you're wanting to join this organization. I thought you would need to, like, build up a bond of trust kind of situation, I think. Especially how you guys... Uh, reacted to the griffins by having like your griffins be kind of personal to you and having them having their own personalities and seemed like you liked that i felt like pushing that feature back uh to third level gives your character time to kind of develop themselves and then also maybe like be building if your dm knows that or i guess if one of us knows that you want to do this and you're not third level yet you can start like putting those pieces into the into the story into the game uh, for players to kind of try to build that relationship with their Neo Gimi mount. And yeah, most of the stuff uh, for the Don Warden is like, you're good at handling animals, you're good right. at fighting on a mount, uh, and you are like, a, you, you and your mount are kind of like a hunting, tracking pair, like that's what you're good at. So uh, nothing, most of these things were just, feats that uh, already existed either in standard D&D or in like uh, unearthed arcana or kind of archived unearthed arcana ideas so I don't I mean we can definitely go through it but I don't think there's anything too wild or crazy in there but yeah I just I got inspired by this picture and kind of kind of ran with it which is basically a lot of the things were inspired by either pictures or uh different just things i'm reading or listening to uh i came up with some races if we want to talk about those i was looking at the rana oh yeah oh i'm super excited about them they're the frog people yeah yeah the one thing that stuck out is really strong is the extra 1d4 poison damage to any unarmed attack which is I think really, really, really strong there, like spells second level or something that do that. So I was, and if you look, a lot of things that get that, it can do like one, like one attack will do that, you know, like Giant's Might or uh -huh. whatever. I was wondering if it might be a little bit more balanced, but still in the ballpark that their unarmed attacks simply do poison damage instead of. That works. Like, you know, because I think. If you were to do, although not like monks don't need a little bit of love, but that does seem like a significant boost, especially at lower levels. I think that'd be really almost, I don't know if it would be game breaking, but like at first level they could do, you know, their unarmed attacks in two of them. And then an extra D4 on both of those, pretty strong, but you could still keep with the whole flavor and all of that if... They simply did poison damage, which is kind of cool too, but also does have that limitation that a fair amount of things have resistance to poison. So there is that actually trap where what if a monk went up against an undead? Like this guy right. can... I, I guess, what about if, if it was they can elect to do poison damage instead of bludgeoning or something, you know? I like that. I yeah, I don't know, but I... And I hate to... I hate to I'm that guy, though. I'm that guy. I look for overpowered first, and I think I'm pretty conservative. 
when I'm looking at that stuff. Of course, unless it's for my character, then it's all good. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's a brilliant idea. You're a genius. I totally agree. Yeah, because I see what you're saying about low levels and particularly monks. My thing is not too many classes or characters, I feel like, make unarmed attacks in general. Right, so I right. feel like it's not really something that comes up a lot. But right. if it's a monk, then it would be like, but boom, like this could be very serious yeah. at low levels. But then it gets very not serious right. uh, once you get past a certain point, like 1d4 is not going to do much of anything. Yeah. Uh, and there, is, there are races, so there is precedent for um, something increased at a higher level. So like the, the first thing that comes to mind, Blessing of the Raven Queen. You can do this sort of shadow step 30 feet, but when you hit third level or something, maybe it's fifth, but I think it's third, that shadow step also gives you resistance to all damage. So there, I, I think that's a direction they're going with some of these racial abilities. They're tiered, you know, mm. like at third level it can do this, and at fifth level it can do that. So you could think about that too, but overall I really like this, maybe because I like frogs a lot, but... Um, and I like the idea that they could sort of replace goblins in that, you know, they're very common, they're, you know, a good low-level, you know, creature that could potentially be an enemy or an ally. Um, I like it. I do. I like the sticky thing and the, the jump and all that. But yeah. yeah, that was my first thing. I'm always looking for the thing that, like, somebody might poo-poo on, you know, because or it might cause a problem early. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I love it. Are yeah. they resistant to poison? Not uh, that I see. I don't no. think I gave them that, no. And I think that's probably good. I think also yeah, resistance I, to poison it, might be a little I, once I, I think I gave them the poison skin thing to give them the extra damage. Although that could just be what maybe instead of this extra damage, they get resistance to poison. Um, sure. At, yeah. In place of it, I don't know. But it, it, <laughs> I felt myself going down a... Kind of like, well, they should get this, and they should get this, and they should yeah. get this, and they should get this. And then it's like, yeah. hold up, like, <clears throat> let's back it up a step. They need to, <laughs> you're already giving them some already pretty cool stuff. Uh, so I I was, <laughs> believe it or not, I was trying to rein myself in. <laughs> no, it's really hard, especially when you really like them. And then you think deeper and deeper about what they are and, and what they should, like you were saying, what they should be able to do. And then you do, you run into that trap where you're like, well, damn, they've just got like eight abilities now, so it's hard. Yeah, the one that I was creating, uh, Matt was actually helping me with some feedback, and uh, I, I got to tone it down a bunch from what it was before, because I, I got into that trap and everything was was flowing and I was yeah. seeing all the situations in which these people could be played, and obviously that's not how it works in the game. It is a trap that's easily fallen into, at least for me. me oh, me too. Sp making items too, like, oh, yeah. should be able to do, oh, wouldn't this be cool? And then you realize, oh my exactly. god, this thing's an artifact. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've built We're some level god four. level thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so how are these different from the grung? I don't know what the grung are. Um, yeah. It's a playable race on D&D um, &D Beyond that has leaping, poison skin, uh, climbing, it seems near identical. It's funny because I literally just said the other day to some of my kids, has anybody ever played a grung? 
And everybody's like, no. But you're right. I mean, I'm looking at them now. Yeah, they're and they're and they're short lived. They're small. They um, could be an offshoot of the Grum, even maybe maybe Arcanite did something to them. Or yeah, I mean, I, their climb speed versus spider climb is different. Um, they're immune to poison, but I, their poison skin thing also is a different feature. Any creature that grapples you or yeah. otherwise must succeed a con saving throw or become poisoned for one minute. But in essence, they have nearly identical abilities. You know, they're tree frogs. Which sure. is, and I guess you you didn't you didn't know about the Grom? No, never heard of them. Okay, <laughs> I actually haven't either. I'm just reading about them now. I never. have. I just never found them compelling. Yeah, my son played one. Uh, yeah, in the candle keeps things, he was a Grung swashbuckler. Huh. Hmm. But yeah. um, never even never even seen or heard anyone play them. That's crazy. That is crazy because they have. Have they been um, around a long time? Yeah, have they really? Oh yeah, years. Oh no, kidding, huh? Years. Okay, fair enough. Actually, one of the the sources is one grung above from your source books. Yeah, yeah, that's of. I've seen that. That's how I noticed them on D and D Beyond. Yeah. Um, One grung above, eh? Oh, there they are. Well, okay. There's two things. One. You have to scroll. If you look at races on D and D Beyond, it is the very last thing at the very bottom of the page. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, and it also doesn't look anything like a frog in my mind. <laughs> like it looks like a little purple alien with gills, and it does look weird. Uh, yeah, if you that's an interesting picture they picked with that because that's like some kind of headdress that it has on. Right. Uh, yeah. Sure. Wait. If you scroll down on their page, they look more like frogs. Um. So it's not that different, uh, but just like they've got Eberron orcs or whatever, like, we, I mean, we can just use Grung, but it felt... Yeah, I love that you, you created a frog creature. I was actually uh, going to think about, you know, because I'm um, going with the amphibians and mollusks and reptiles thing in my area, and um, I was going to consider adding Grungs, but I like the sticking with the... Uh, the goblins, different tribes of goblins that have different uh, abilities. So I, I'm tweaking these goblins, uh, and then you came up with the the Rana. So that might be better. Yeah, Although I the, just the Grungs already exist and have near identical capabilities. Yeah, I mean that's true. I just my concern with the goblins is that it's just. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, what if we came up with something else that is either our own thing? Uh, I didn't realize the Grungs existed, so maybe my frog people idea isn't the isn't the thing that solves that problem. But I just, I don't know. I felt like maybe we should come up with a more unique uh, feature other than goblins, which I just feel like are in every, <laughs> they're in everything. So uh, that was my idea in kind of, trying to come up with something that was little and green still <laughs> kind of fit my goblin flavor, but was different. But apparently I didn't come up with anything that original. <laughs> so that's fine. But that's 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 a good thing we have these conversations. <laughs> right. <laughs> now I'm worried the Neogimi exists already too. <laughs> um so let's discuss that. Um 
instead of having goblins uh, and hobgoblins and bugbears, which I was working in, yeah, what if we did have our own races that were kind of fill the same spot? And, and they and they also don't abilities. have to be playable races. I mean, they can be, but we can just come up with our own. I don't know. Like that's just something I'm interested in pursuing, making it a little bit more our flavor. Yeah. Well, what I was doing with that, I was taking the base goblin and for each different tribe or different area, giving them a slight twist. And then the hobgoblins were very different from your standard hobgoblins. But I was just sticking with kind of a a theme where there was different, I guess, evolution of the different groups. But yeah, we could definitely go with, um, they, they could be, it could be all an amphibian thing. If, if you want to head in that direction and replace the goblins, because that's an easy enough thing to do. And it would certainly fit. Yeah, it felt like it felt with fit with the jungle stuff that we've been talking about. But yeah, I mean, and I don't know if we want to go just with the grung, if they already exist, or if we want to come up with maybe our own, like, our own version of them. That That doesn't really bother me one way or the other. And we can also come up with Again, this is just an idea I have. We don't have to, <laughs> we don't have to live and die with, with this just because I made it. If someone's got a different uh, something we we want to do, it's just something I want to think about. Maybe is the same thing with like the dragon riders thought that I had, and then being like, oh, but what that's been done. Like, let's maybe try to flavor it a little differently. I just want to constantly push to say, do we want to do something different here? And the answer can be no, we don't want to do something different here also. like, But I'm just trying to make that mo- kind of my motto on this to to be the person that pushes for us to think about it. Right. Yeah. yeah. No worries. I think we well, I could, I could easily take the whole lore that I've been building with the, the hobgoblins and the goblins that degenerated from them uh, and replace them with a different race. Uh, that wouldn't be a problem at all, you know, with the same lore. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the idea of having our own things, but the Rana are like near identical to the Grung. Sure. I, I blame the art department of Rule 20 for choosing <laughs> that that non-frog looking thing. <laughs> but yeah, we can definitely, uh, I think we should try to come up with something else. If I mean, I, I'm not saying Grung or whatever can't be in this world. Um, but yeah, if you feel like it's near identical, then there's no point in doing two of the same thing, two of the same thing. Yeah. Like let's come up with something else. Uh, all right. For sure. Um, well, what do you think about having a basically amphibian base to the, to the locals? I mean, I guess it would depend on what region you're playing in, right? Well, I was kind of hoping that there was like a, um, a unified, race with variations of tribes or, or what they're up to a unified race of amphibians or just the locals like that's why i was sticking with hobgoblins goblins and bugbears because they're basically variations of each other variations of each other well that's what's throwing me off as locals i don't see like frog people being locals in the you know middle of a desert a desert right well yeah, there man. are desert there are desert toads sure yeah, we can make some sort of variation, like you're talking about, where they live somewhere else. Right. What 
doing um, humanoid offshoots <clears throat> of a set of like <clears throat> animals. Maybe we and we tie it all together in something like some weird thing in that land happened, and like these toads and maybe maybe even an insect-like creature like a mantis uh, reminds me of the Thrycreen of Dark Sun. If you guys ever heard of Dark Sun, yes, you know, and in maybe like this weird magic or whatever the heck it was um, mutated those animals into a sort of humanoid thing and so there's maybe like a toad version and like the, the mantis version or whatever or a rat version and a bear version i don't know that's an idea then it doesn't really well then i guess it is native to that area because it would have stemmed from something like that how about we do both where we have the goblinoids um, having blended with the animals in certain areas sure. so that we could stick with the, the goblins and hobgoblins and whatnot yep. in my, my region. Yep. Um, and then in other regions, the goblinoids kind of mutated and blended and, you know, got magicked into animal creatures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would work. Yeah. I like it. Good deal. To- create something to see how it comes out you know what i mean yeah right i'm sure we could work anything in but we got to sort of it's easier for me if i can see what uh what we've created you know what i mean right then trying to figure out how it would fit before we have that written down somewhere or fleshed out somehow well my idea with the lore was that the 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 primary race here were the hobgoblins. They were called something different, but and then during the Arcanite cataclysm that altered everything and separated this island or mini continent from the rest of the world, that the uh, you know some of them became more brutish and became bugbears. Others became small and sneaky, became goblins. Um, but that there's this core race uh, that went underground to protect themselves of enlightened hobgoblins that have all these, you know, magical powers using the Arcanite and maintaining it. Um, and then everyone else that got left on the surface got affected by the Arcanite surges and the, the magical disruptions. And so that would fit in really good with these animal creatures, you know, because the, the humanoids or the goblinoids could have been blended with the animals in certain areas sure yeah the actually the playable race that i made the one i was talking about earlier is a blend of um what happened i i didn't base it upon like is this the orl no i mine's not in there both matt and weston had said i need to tone it down so it's not in there yet uh it's called the mafroth doe and um Without reading the whole damn thing, basically, uh, this ancient war uh, that happened in this continent area, the the dragons, the giants, and the like titans stayed on the surface to fight uh, against these 
really, really strong magic users who had figured out how to use um, Arcanite to do crazy amounts of magic. And they were, the dragons and them were fighting them to basically um, save our planet. And the humans, elves, dwarves, halflings, Goliaths, Fairbogs, gnomes, whatever, they um, they went underground and kind of worked with like a resistance movement. So they would be bringing supplies or whatever they needed to the guys who were on the surface doing the fight. And uh, they ended up staying under there hundreds of years, thousand years, and um, creating this big city underneath. And then they all intermingled and it created this new race because after they were down there so long, infighting and battling and all that stuff, there was one sort of mixed race that was kind of the last race standing, if you will. And um, they have different, they're, they're like a warrior race, a warrior tribe, because, you know, they were the last one standing in this big battle royale, if you will. And uh, there are, once they came back up to the surface, there are different tribes and clans or whatever. Um, they have different parts from different races, uh, like all, all mixed. And they settled in a different areas so they have different skills and different uh, uh, different cultures mm-hmm. and um, the problem was with this the main problem was that instead of just leaving the abilities and, and and benefits that you get from being one of these instead of leaving that in with which tribe you chose I just gave it to all of them and then you got a little something extra for each tribe uh, whatever tribe you were got a little something different than the other tribes. So they were getting too many things. So I got to break it down to where, I don't know. Basically, I got to break it down to where they have to choose a tribe or a clan. And uh, that's like a background. So if this mm-hmm. clan is mostly, uh, I don't know, mostly dwarf like blood, then they get the dwarf traits. If it's mostly elven, then they get elf traits, so on and so forth. So, and I haven't figured it all out yet. I'm still working on that, on how to break them all apart. But um, I don't know. I mean, I think they're super cool. But once again, I thought of this, so that's not really <laughs> an, an objective uh, opinion. I mean, Matt has seen it. I, 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 yeah, if, I. If you have some uh, thoughts on that. I really liked the idea, but uh, yeah, my criticism of it at the time was that basically they can't, (laughs) these people are supermen. Like they are like, they get too many like advantages on saving throws and proficiency and this and that. And so, uh, but I really liked the idea of like, essentially this is like, you're creating a, if you ask me how this is working in my mind, it's like sure. a half whatever two things or three things you want to blend. Like, right. you know, you're getting this smoothie version of all these yes, races. That was and, my idea. <laughs> and I just think it's, I think the way to do it is to say, okay, this is a smoothie of all the races, but what are the one or two, like you can just make a list of things, of features and say you can pick two of these things, like what are the dominant flavors that are coming out in your particular smoothie? And then it's really like you as a player, that's super excited to me because then I can just go hog wild with my 
backstory of what this what this person's deal is and where do they come from and how do they fit in with their tribe and this and that and the other thing and I just think that's really exciting. I just think uh mechanically to make it so that it's not uh Clark Kent walks into the room uh, right. with a bunch of rego my egos uh he's got to you've got to kind of find a way to make that I got to balance that down. out a bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Maybe make a, you know, you pick from table A, pick from table B. Yeah, I tried it two or three different ways so far. And one of the ways was exactly that. Um, You know, if there's whatever, seven, let's say seven races that are to choose from, um, you have to pick what your dominant uh, traits are going to be and right stick with that though the real it wasn't even the abilities the abilities thing got out of hand because like i said earlier i just was like "Ooh, this is cool what <laughs> happened if this happened and what about this situation but the whole idea was actually based around the fact that if you took one of these as your uh playable race for your character your dm has half a dozen hooks before you even start playing right where he can put your character in and side quests and and i mean it just seemed endless to me about all the things you could do with this if you're running the the campaign. And as a player, of course, I, I get excited about any sort of mixed uh, combo of whatever, you know. Uh, that's why I've always... Half-Elf is my favorite one. I've always been trying to play Half-Elves because they're half-human and half-Elf. Right. Right. Well, what's, um, what is the base ability? And then... So, the base that this race is, would have. Yeah, let me bring it back up. Um, so basically, uh, they uh, let me just start from the thing. So um, they are a medium-sized humanoid, stand between six and seven feet tall. I'm just trying to go through and pick out the actual stats. They all read, write, and speak the language Mufrothdo, which is their own language, um, as well as whichever tribe you picked. You know, if you pick uh, this clan or this tribe or whatever. Um, they have been speaking whatever the dominant language was. So if you know if, if the dominant bloodline is dwarven, they speak dwarven or you know dwarf. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if it's elf, elven, whatever. Uh, and then um, do they speak see. common? Uh, and common. I'm sorry. Okay. Everyone's yeah. yeah. Every one yeah. of these speaks common as well. And then the ability score increases. I went with the new uh, the new rules. You know, so one by two and another mm-hmm. by one, or you could do three by one or whatever, you know, with the new thing. Uh, lifespan, um, I I went with 200 years as the average lifespan because some live so long and some not so right. much. Uh, walking speed is 30 feet. And so the different things that I had was Goliath Origins, I called it, where basically you have uh, proficiency in, athlete, in the athletic skill. So you can do... You're heavily stacked in athletics. Uh, and then dark vision, obviously, because they came from people who lived underground for however long. Uh, and I've got one that's dwarven ancestry where they um, have advantage on saving throws about poison. And uh, they have resistance to poison damage. And then I called one not far from gnome, uh, which is... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Anyway, they're all just goofy <laughs> things like that. Um, right. 
And then I broke it up into tribes and clans. A couple were called clans and a couple were called tribes um, because of where they settled. Like some settled in the in the mountains, some settled in the swamps. Some, you know, and there's one warrior woman tribe where it was just all uh, all women. And um, I mean, I, I just I try to break it up like that. But the 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 real problem is that you get all that stuff um, no matter what my froth though you are which had, it needs to be broken up and then also what i overdid was each tribe uh, i don't know where i got this from but in my mind this was just something uh that seemed normal but it apparently is not and i <laughs> should have researched a little but each tribe got like a they got to be proficient in one kind of saving throw so whatever constitution or strength or whatever um and one skill so medicine or well, it just depending on what the tribe is all about. And yeah, um, that's saving just throws too much. very, very class oriented, not race. I don't know of any race that gets a saving throw. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It needs to be, um, it needs to be watered down. You know, I need, it needs to be toned down a bit. And, uh, once I get that toned down and some sort of sense, uh, sensical, uh, sensible way, I'll put it back out. I know this might be not not kosher, but I do think maybe you should look at uh, the way that Pathfinder Second Edition does uh, some of their like I don't know if it's in the human section or the elf section, but there's I think it's in the human section. You can basically be a half human, half something else, mm-hmm. and they have like a whole system for choosing traits from these other uh from the something else categories and okay. not that you should copy and paste by any means but just to kind of get an idea about how they did it and maybe how that might inspire how you want to do it as well sure but also patrick is there anything that they have that's an ability that's um unifying within the race itself what do you mean unifying like they all well, get it. They all get other than dark vision and being, you know, walking thirty, which almost everyone does. Well, um, sure. Yeah, but there is. You know how like um, all dwarves are, are resistant to poison and, and right. You know, blah blah blah. You know, elves have that. You know. Well, that's kind of elves have. The thing yeah. I think that was the part of the issue was they all got all of the things that all of those things get. Right. right. And well, it just sounds like a bunch of different races living together. Un- well, no, well, you said all, all of separate. all of them get it. So there's got to be something that makes the race the race itself, other than you know, right? I get. What otherwise, you're, you're just doing half, you know, a group of half Goliaths, a group of half dwarves, a group of half elves, a group, you know. Yeah. Which could all be separate races. But is there a unifying concept or ability or thing that that they all get? Well, I, I think, like uh, Matt was saying, the issue is that I was giving them all, all of them. So that's the part that I'm working on, is what do I leave that all of them get? And what do I take out and separate into optional for each individual yeah. tribe that subclass you have to pick one right so you yeah, have subclass. your class and subclass well, race yes 
or subrace. I'm sorry, subrace. Right. Um, Basically, yes. Your race and your subrace. So the, all these guys and gals will have the same physical characteristics as far as like their build and their. I'm trying to come up with a picture. I'm trying to figure out how to make a picture of what I see in my mind, which is very difficult because I'm like Matt. I, I don't draw well. So um, anyway, they will have, when you see them, you'll know what they are if you were a, a character in this uh, campaign. Right. Because that's, they all have that, uh, you know, if you see a, a furball, you know what it is. It's, uh, or a goblin or whatever. It's going to be like that, looks-wise. But as far as, uh, I don't know what to call them. Not abilities, but racial... Racial features? Features, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to figure out what is just race uh, alone and has nothing to do with the tribe. And then what is going to be tribe only. Or I work on this for another two weeks and it just goes in the garbage can because I can't figure it out. I mean, it's... It's just, oh, we'd just like to help attempt. you with that. Yeah, and Matt, yeah. Uh, like I say, it, you know, I'll put it back up there when I've made some more changes. But it's um, they, uh, I, I, I really do. I appreciate the feedback. That's what I'm working on now. And uh, you're always more than welcome to send feedback. I just, if it's not where it needs to be to be on the drive, I'm taking it off the drive until it is because there's too many things on the drive for us to, you know, try to look at all of them all the time, and keep them all straight. So I try to. Once I get the feedback, I'll pull it off, polish it up, put it back, and you guys can tear it apart again. But for, I mean, right now, it's just, it's not there. But right. I am going to look at, I have the Pathfinder 2nd uh, Edition book, and uh, I will look at that. I haven't played Pathfinder in like three years. Yeah, I, I mean. I've played it a few times, so I'm not very, like, hip on all the knowledge. No, I only, I do, I also have the second edition book, which I bought when it came out, but I couldn't get a group together uh, that wanted to play right. it. So then it was like, it just sits there. But I did make a character and one of the things I looked into a lot, because I also am drawn uh, to half elves and to this idea of like, kind of like a foot in both worlds. Right. Uh, so I really like that. And that was one of the things I was going to say is, uh, I mean, maybe it is super obvious when people see uh, this race, like they know what it is, but maybe it's also kind of like half elves where it's like, well, humans look at a half elf and go, there's an elf and right. elves look at a half elf and go, there's a human. And exactly. uh, there's a lot of like, you see whatever the thing is that you think you're seeing, but you don't see yourself kind of reflected back. I think, I don't know. That's that's not a mechanical thing, but it's just a poetic thing that I enjoy right. about that. Uh, it's a, that's what makes this so hard is there's all these things that it's not really something you put into the building of that character, the creating of that character. It's right. just something that organically is in the game. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know, but I, I do. I did go. To, I did fall into that trap uh, that Chris was talking about earlier for sure, where I was like, "Ooh, these guys can do this," and "Oh, these ones do that," and then I started looking at what you guys are saying i'm like yeah these they are like supermen or women whatever they are uh, right they're doing too most right yeah most races get three or four things i'm just looking through them now all over yeah you mean races. like dark vision can speak language etc etc yeah, yeah yeah and then uh, some like not flavor including stuff. dark vision yeah they get some right. flavor stuff they have the, the looks about it and you know a lot of the racial stuff honestly is um how we perceive them to be you know, you think of dwarves as mining and, you know, they have some stuff, but 
um, if you just look at their actual abilities, right, it doesn't necessarily make them, you know, mining fighters. You know, not necessarily, but right. um, you know, there's a, there's a bunch of different halflings and different races and all that other sub races. I mean, and lots of lots of different elves. So I think if you like pick something that was universal to them. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and halflings, you know, are, are nimble and brave and lucky, for instance. Mm-hmm. That's that's their racial feeling. And half orcs are, you know, savage and tough. You know, so if, if you had a, a just a a general unifying thing about that race that gave them a playable advantage. Well, they're only true uh like feature that is um, the same amongst all of them is that they're all fierce warriors. That's really all there is so far. Okay. So I have to. Yeah. So go through I, that and. Sorry, if I were you, I would say I would make up a feature based on that unifying thing that they're all uh, fierce warriors. I don't know what that looks like per se, but something that would. Right convey that and then i would give them like a uh like i would probably just call it like mixed heritage or like uh you know unified build or i don't know something along those lines and then say like and they get to choose whatever they get to choose from these list a b c or or however you want to do it and Mm -hmm. like that's the other key feature is that they you kind of uh build your own badass uh right sure. and they don't have to be sub races for instance the eladrin have the seasons they're the uh the fey elves that have the different seasons autumn mm-hmm. um and you just pick that season it's not a sub race you just pick one and it does well, that's different, what the, it does I, different things i don't have a better word for this but it's not really a sub race it's mm-hmm. just what they're tribe has focused on over the year you know how any group of peoples are going to get into different tribes and focus on different things right um and that's kind of what they did and i really i i don't even i don't think those are super broken i'm just going to take out the fact uh you know they're not going to be they're not going to get the proficiency and the saving throw and stuff but the right. character, or the, not the character, the flavor of that where, you know, they settled in the rocky mountainous terrain and, and all that, that's going to stay the same if if we keep this thing. It, it's just a way to differentiate your Mafrotho from every other Mafrotho, really. Sure. Right. And I feel like well, I like to give people as many options as possible. And it we can take out every um, mechanics, like, advantage that I'm giving them. And it, and it will still leave you with a way to create a cool backstory or to mm-hmm. have the DM will have certain hooks just just because of the flavor. And that's really what I want to do, I think. That makes sense. Yeah, and, and you know, like I said, it's just falling into that trap where, oh, well, these guys, this is what they focused on. They're probably really good at this. I'll make them proficient in such and such, whatever. And right. um, really, that's just too much is, is the answer. And it needs to be toned down. And that's well, that's why I love this process, the feedback process, because without that, 
uh, every character, every race, everything in my world would be Superman. <laughs> sure. <laughs> because, because I, you know, I'm thinking of this in the, along the lines of a story. And um, I forget about how important some of the small little mechanics uh, can be. You right. know? Well, I mean, if you look at the dwarves, they have combat training. Every sure. dwarf is proficient with, you know, hammers and axes. Right. Um, you know, uh, the, the, the Leonine, um, they have proficiency in athletics and um, it's called hunter's instinct, I guess, survival and things like that. Um, they're all good hunters. So you could, you know, look at some of those, the, the more aggressive races, uh, like the half orc, orc. Leonine, you know, things like that and, and have them have some combat training or aggressive ability, you know, where they can charge into battle or, you know, however you picture them right. um, being, are they more organized military like the dwarves? No. Are they more savage like the orcs and half orcs or well, something in between or, you know, and, yeah, and give them, give them some kind of ability like that. And then have them pick one thing that makes them different from the... Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm going to come up with something and put it yeah. out for peer peer review. And then we'll... Uh... I think what we're trying to say is we demand your answer now. And right. if you don't give it to <laughs> us, we will not stop <laughs> pestering you about this. Uh... Fair enough. <laughs> so decide. Next week on yeah. the guild. Right. We pester for one hour. <laughs> don't miss it's really cool uh yeah i'm, I'm just to... i'm just trying to help you with the uh yeah no keeping I... it within what the other races get you know because it's thing, really though, easy to especially with sub races so to I, add all these things and it goes it snowballs i like all of that and i i actually enjoy the feedback process here's the thing i hate when we come up with the uh, the reason for something uh, to change being because it fits with all the standard D and D races. I don't, I, I really don't like that. I want to keep the mechanics fine, but I really, I don't want that to hold back our creativity at all. And if I get, give you something and it's way too much stuff, just say, Hey, that's way too much stuff and I'll take it out. But I really don't want to keep everything as the same as standard D and D races because I, 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 I want to make this like as unique as possible. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, but it has to still be in balance. Like it right. can't be Superman. It still has right. to be in balance to the other races, unless we make every race in our world just like we've added these factions that give you abilities. Right. We make every race equally as powerful. I, I don't, which is listen. cool too. But I mean, it we might start the snowballing between the races being more powerful and the factions being more powerful that um, we may find that it's like playing a 20th level character at third level. Well, I think you just have all these abilities and yeah, the argument for for keeping it in balance is just that (laughs) then if someone decides to play a human or an elf or a dwarf or something in from, you know, regular old D and D, then they're going to feel like left out because I mean I get that that's a choice that they're making, but right. it it sucks to be that person who's like, oh, I I just picked the thing I wanted to do, but uh, I guess I should have picked the thing that you guys were making because you made uh, 
the right. Justice League races and not like for regular people. But I do know, I think the, if I'm reading between the lines correctly, it's not that you don't want it to be in balance. You just don't want it to be the same, same, same. Like, yes, exactly. Uh, and it needs to be different, which is why the Rana are getting the boot because apparently that already exists in the Grunt. <laughs> That's the Grunt. Yeah. Yeah. How, I need to read more because how are there races that I have never even heard of? I have you know what seen. I mean? Well, one, it's so funny because I was like looking through them. I'm like scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. I'm like, this must have been deleted. They must have gotten rid of the Grunt because. And it is the very last thing you click on. It, it's like, this is not core D&D, but it does, you can play it. And the picture, I swear to God, it's like, it looks like a little purple alien. So yeah, the frog people in my head didn't match up with the picture they used. And so I just was like, oh, there's no frogs here. Uh, and so I made it. But again, it, bye. Like, it, yeah, if it it's already exists, I doesn't, yeah, yeah. like, but That's yeah, what I'm saying. I, if I can't fix this to where I think it's it's balanced enough to play and it's uh, still fun or unique, I don't mind just getting rid of it and starting over on something different. Sure, because I really want this to be something that's fun to play, not just you know the same everyday stuff that we already have. Right. Yeah. Well, look at the races. Um, I've looked at this- them many times. The game rules and just clicked on races and scrolled down all the... I mean, there's a lot. There are a lot, but there's also repeats and updates and... Yeah, there's some legacies. Um, um, there's just different fine. types of orcs. I mean, well, just to get an idea of, of how the races are, are um, built template-wise. And then... So this is going to throw Come you up with loop. something really cool. I should tell you for a loop, Rick, I did all of that when I built this. Oh, okay. <laughs> I read them start to finish. And that's where I got all those traits that went into this one. Right. Right. Um, but uh, I just went overboard with what they all get. Right. Yeah. Um, that's just got to be changed. Well, is this more of perhaps a background than a race? And then you could use like half elf, half, you know. The, I actually thought know. about that too. Um, but then... If you do it that way, you're going to pick a race, right. which can be whatever, dwarf, elf, whatever. And then you're going to take this on top of that. Um, so you're really just going to be mixing two races again anyway. Yeah. Well, you um, could make a race that's like what you're calling it, but is essentially like your mixed, you know, design. And then there could be race specific backgrounds where you pick one of these tribes. If you want to have that be your ba- like the tribe right. thing can be a background. If you want to keep like that separate, I don't know that you do, but it's just an option. Yeah. It's crazy. I, but yeah, I think I just put too much stuff into this and um, <laughs> I'm going to see if I can't fix it. But if not, like I said, this is not a big, deal. well, I love the idea and I don't want to throw the whole thing out the window just because no not at all well i don't think i mean i want to see what he comes up with yeah you know yeah um because i do think it's a cool idea and i mean obviously i made a bunch of races this (laughs) in our break too so i'm excited to see what other people like i'm excited about all this stuff and uh i'm trying to go through them now and double check them against (laughs) T and D beyond. Oh. I don't think any of the rest of them are the same, but 
I'm sure I'm sure we'll find some way to pay. <laughs> I right. Somehow I messed that up too. So this week's discussion actually took us much longer than our allotted time for the episode. And I'm going to have to break it into two parts. So please join us next week for part two, the continuation of the discussion today. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Guild that keeps on giving. Please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, or whatever your favorite podcast service. Also, don't forget to like and share our Facebook page, the Guild that keeps on giving on Facebook. Our Instagram at TGTKOG and our Twitter at T underscore G underscore T underscore K underscore O underscore G. For all of us here at the Guild that keeps on giving, thanks for listening and have a great week.